Good evening. I'm Rick Cottom. Welcome to your Maryland. In November 1856, as voters in Baltimore prepared to elect a president, all the elements were in place to repeat the electoral mayhem of October. The firemen and the fishing clubs were armed and ready. Voters girded themselves for the ordeal ahead, and the election itself was explosive. The brand-new Republican Party put up John C. Fremont and opposed the extension of slavery. Democrats nominated James Buchanan of Pennsylvania, who refused to condemn it. And in Baltimore, the American, or Know-Nothing Party, opposed to everything Irish, immigrant, or Catholic, put forth Millard Fillmore. Baltimore braced for the worst. Governor Thomas Ligon arrived, thinking he would help keep the peace, but the Know-Nothing mayor put him off. Instead, he had the constable deputize 300 men to ensure civility at the polls, and for good measure put the entire Light Division of Infantry on alert. To no avail. On Election Day, November 3rd, at half-past three, a large party of Democrats from the 8th Ward, the Blackards again and the Bloody Eights, drove know-nothing voters from the polls and headed south toward the Bel Air Market. The constable sent a flying squad of 25 men, who arrived just as the Eights, to their enormous chagrin, discovered the presence of two know-nothing cannon. Sheets of flame and waves of scrap iron and nails greeted the approaching mob, which fell back, rallied, and mounted a counterattack that captured the guns. It was the beginning of an hour-long running gun battle involving Democrats, know-nothings, and the police that left more than 10 dead and 200 wounded, strewn along Aceworth, Gay, Holland, and Orleans streets and throughout Bel Air Market. Fillmore carried the day. The election riots of 1856 represented the apex of political violence in Baltimore. In after years, there would be no more pitched battles between fishing clubs and firemen, not because anyone did anything about it, but because the combatants came to the conclusion that there were better ways to control the vote, older, tried-and-true methods that had worked in Baltimore for years. Specifically, Cooping made a strong comeback. Cooping depended on the goodwill and selective blindness of election judges and had the virtue of being non-discriminatory. The mayor himself once escaped being cooped only because he rode a fast horse, and legend has it that Edgar Allan Poe was found dead after being cooped for three days. Little wonder. They knocked me down flat on my back and poured the whiskey into me, one victim said, about half a pint. I saw fellows come in with revolvers in their hands, which they pointed at the men in the coop and told them to lie down and go to sleep or they would be shot. And they had guns at the door, and they always came in with large clubs, and I saw them beat men with them, too. One German was brought in with a large beard on, the fellow added, and Crab Ashby took a candle and set fire to his beard and burnt it off. Coop men were kept drunk for two or three days in row house basements that were often connected by holes in the walls. On election day, the prisoners could emerge from any house on the block. A half dozen at a time were marched out under heavy guard and voted at several different polls. They were then brought back, told to change clothes, and marched out to vote again. Election judges winked. Still, nothing could give a rip-rap more pure delight than outright assault and battery, and if changing times called for more restraint and fewer shootings, he had the answer in the shoemaker's all. Small, sharp, and easily concealed, it was the perfect weapon for a new, more discreet era. Gang members could surround a reform voter and stab him repeatedly and painfully, though not fatally. So pleasing was this new development that the Know-Nothing Party made the all its symbol. Transparencies carried pictures of voters being stabbed with awls, and banners proclaimed, Reform man, if you can vote, I'll be damned. In the end, though, the all wasn't enough. The Civil War came, and the Know-Nothings disappeared, along with the rowdy firemen, the fishing clubs, and the cannons filled with grapeshot. Today, we're troubled by such things as negative campaign ads and name-calling, and we turn out about half as often as our forebears did. 
Maybe the rip-raps have had the last laugh, after all.